Episode 167 is coming at you, and it's a hot one, Mel. We might be in the depths of winter in the Southern Hemisphere, but God damn it, I'm hot this week. You're hot? Why are you hot, Scotty? I'm hot. I don't know. The, the heating's up in the house. Maybe I'm just excited, you know, the blood's rushing. I'm really pumped for episode 167. Maybe you're just getting some of the heat waves from the UK, who I understand are having a bit of a heat wave. Yeah, yeah. Heat wave in the UK is called summer. Yeah, I know. Isn't that funny? It's funny. (laughs) It is funny. um, Or could it be because I'm really excited about our episode this week. We've got a cracking guest that um, everyone would already know, Ian Rutson's joining us later. We've got the results from our Instagram showdown to go over. <laughs> um, can't wait to hear about your adventures at Parkrun this week. Um, we've got a roving report from the G train, um, a, a new voice, one we've heard before, but um, it's been a while between... The G train, does he know you call him that? He calls himself that. Okay. Mel, you need to listen to the, You need to listen to these driving reports. They take the time to do them, Mel. You should take the time to listen to them. I and um Okay. <laughs> and um so yeah, just really excited about this episode. So let's crack on with how was your park run day this week, Mel? My park run day, Scotty, was very quiet. Um, so quiet, it was almost like I was sleeping. In my bed. Numbers dropping at Kiwana this week, are they? <laughs> well, they were dropping, the actually. Kiwana Park runners? They, were, they were down approximately four urbackers this week <laughs> because we didn't make really? it to Park Run on Saturday. So you, you went somewhere else or you? We actually had plans to go somewhere else, uh, but the plans had a little bit of an asterisk at the end of them and the asterisk asterisk was if we had a rough night and or the um, levels of snot had not reduced significantly from our two little boys and they had not. So we decided it was um, the responsible parent thing to do to let everybody sleep and uh, get some healing time in in the warmth of their own beds rather than dragging them out in the middle of the night to get them all cold yeah. and exposed to the elements. So so you were under the weather as well on Saturday? Uh, I was under the weather of the boys. I, I was fine. I could have gone off by myself, but I didn't think it was uh, a great idea just leaving them with Adam, especially as um, I am Emmett's only food source at this time. Yeah, I guess so. yeah, that's a good enough excuse. Yeah. One in all in, if one of you is sick, you're all sick. I get it. I get it. But where were you, Scotty? I'm I'm hoping you want to hear about my yes, day. Yes, please tell me. I need to live vicariously through you. Okay, so I I hinted last week's episode that I thought I'd have something exciting to take a photo for Instagram. Yeah, something special you were working on. Well, we were going to be on a TV show. There was a TV show that had, had reached out to Parkrun and said we want to come and and do a segment. Anyway, that fell over. Um, late in the week. So I was a free agent. I could go wherever I want. And I got to tell you, Mel, I spent more time than I thought I would trying to decide on Friday night where we could go. I wasn't factoring in P indexes. I wasn't factoring in like if there was any special events going on. I was kind of just sort of factoring in where do I want to go? Which event do I want to revisit? 
and we settled on the mighty highlands up in the north of Melbourne. Now, I want to start off by saying highlands, it's got a cool sounding name, but a lot of people actually don't know where it is. So it's in a suburb called Craigieburn, which is about 40 to 50 minutes north of the CBD. I don't think they get a lot of visitors, but the locals have really embraced it. And I love going there. I had an awesome morning. I love the people there. I love that I reckon about 50% or 40% of them are walkers. So much to the point that Kasha and Ivana walked and um, they weren't at the back of the field, which is which is refreshing, I guess, because quite often um, Ivana and Kasha are one of the last ones to come in if they if they decided to walk. Um we might do a we might do a bit of a deep dive on that the experience of the walker because Mel it's not always a hundred percent positive but at Highlands it definitely is it's three laps around a, a man-made lake it's flat you get to see people a lot great vibe great community got to park run with Mr Gary Murphy got to meet a bunch of podcast listeners that Mel these are people that actually do listen to the podcast they they knew who I was was. They made references to things that happened that we've said in the podcast. So my ego was fed and I just had some great parkrun chat. That's lovely to hear. With fellow parkrunners. Random question. Highlands Parkrun in Craigieburn. These are all very Scottishy kind of references. Why is it called Highlands and were there anyone in kilts there this weekend? That's a good question. We need to do a parkrun wiki thing like the With Me Now guys do. I don't know. Actually, we won't, We don't because that's that's their thing. Um, but maybe we should just do a bit more research. It's called Highlands because the housing estate that, that it's set up in is called Highlands. I don't know. Is Craigieburn a, a Scottish name? Definitely. It sounds a bit Definitely. Scottish. Say it with your best Scottish accent. See if it sounds authentic. Oh no, I can't. I can't do. I can't do it justice. But you live there. I now. know, and I'd probably still end up sounding Irish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it's called Highlands because that's where the housing estate is called. And kilts? How's Any that? kilts? Kilts? Look, I've seen photos from time to time of, of Mr. Gary Murphy in a kilt. I think it's a, it's a theme that they've, they've run with from time to time. No, no kilts on Saturday. Okay. Well, do we want to wait until the very end of the pod to reveal whether or not your uh, entry into the Insta comp uh, was victorious? Yeah, well, I, I haven't checked. I haven't checked, so um, yeah, give me time to do I'll that. be honest, Scotty. I literally only just checked Instagram to see what photo you even loaded. <laughs> don't spoil the surprise, Mel. Who's going to win? Well, I don't know. See, judging by the fact that I wasn't at Parkrun, that might give some people a bit of a tip-off, but we'll see. We'll see. Cliffhanger. But I thought you would... I thought you would have come in over the top with a cute photo of Emmett like you threatened Emmett and Wes, and I thought I'd have no chance. But if I wasn't even at Parkrun, that doesn't seem like it's very fair. Yeah, I'm just looking now. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident. And I can't get in with a late entry uh, for my Parkrun adventure anyway. I did have a Parkrun adventure, Scotty, just so you know. Uh, however, I, I I didn't think it was fair because we we mentioned last week that last week that the rule were the rules were that um, we would both post at the same time so that you know we're hitting the same amount of traffic, um, all that sort of thing. And I didn't think it was fair to post a couple of days later. So I win. 
Well, I thought we were going to leave it to, as a cliffhanger. <laughs> like, Well, I think you've given it away there, Mel. You just said you didn't post. So I win by default. Yes. I'll you take it. said last week you would take it, so the, the glory is all yours, Scotty, this week. Yeah. And the crowd agrees. Thank you. It's about time. It's a long, it's a long time coming, a victory over you, Mel. They're just happy to see me win once, you know. You've proven time and time again you are the people's favourite. You are the funnier one. So now it's just nice to have a victory. An Instagram. All this self-deprecating stuff, Scotty. I don't know. Anywho, um, are you going to ask me about my parkrun adventure or do you want to leave that until the end of the pod? Well, I thought you didn't have one. You just said you well, didn't go. I wasn't at parkrun on Saturday, but that doesn't mean I couldn't have a parkrun adventure. Did you go to juniors? No, I did not go to juniors. Okay. Well, you know what? I think people are dying to hear from Ian. So let's go to the Ian interview and um, let's pick up your parkrun adventure after we've chatted to Ian. Deal. We have decided to get another bit of a British accent on the pod against this week because that's what we love and we know all our listeners love it too. We have a very special person who we are, I I say excited all the time, but I really, really mean excited this week. We've got Parkrun Global's technical lead, Ian Rutson, on the pod. Ian, welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers. G'day, Mel. Oh, look, you're all sounding Aussie. (laughs) That's it. It's it's always nice when the guests try to make us feel comfortable (laughs) instead of the other (laughs) way around. I'm really well, thanks, Ian. Thank you for joining us this week. Um, Oh, my goodness, there's so many questions. I barely know where to start. How about, how about, okay, what does a technical lead do in layman's terms, if possible? Yeah, well, I'll do my best. What's, what's a technical lead do? So I look after all the IT infrastructure that were behind Parkrun. So I look after results processing, um, serving the websites, and uh, making sure everything keeps running so that everyone gets their results emails and volunteer emails and all that good stuff. So if something goes wrong on a Saturday morning, mm-hmm. we're cursing your name or praying your name. Are you going to come to our rescue or have you caused the problem? Ah, that's a really good question. Sometimes I cause the problems. Even if I've caused them or I haven't, it's my job to fix them. So the technical team at Parkrun is really, really small. There's me and Jake, effectively, who manage all the IT stuff. So between us, we, we break it and we fix it. We hope to fix it more often than we break it. So how does that work on your Friday night when we're waking up here in Australia? You're asleep. That's right. There's only two of you. Do you ever turn? Do you ever switch off? Fortunately, our systems are reasonably reliable, and there's so many, so many ways they can fail. I do try to switch off. I do have a quick check round before I go to bed on the Friday night to check everything's running okay, and the first results have come in from New Zealand. Uh, which is a fairly good indication. If the first ones work, the rest of them tend to. Do you have any rules like let's not try out new things on Fridays just before the weekend? Oh, absolutely right, yes. So we 
uh, we have software releases that would never happen on a Friday. If it's just a change of a word, for example, then we might consider it, but anything more major than that, anything with any logic behind it, we would never, ever release on a Friday. It is, um, it is almost guaranteed to spoil your weekend. Well, I, I know that um, I've seen you up late at night fixing <laughs> things behind the scenes for us in Australia. So we're always very grateful for your help. And so many people wouldn't even know that things ever got broken because you fix them before they cause major catastrophes. Um, and I'm sure our event teams out there as well, if they knew the extent of what you guys were doing, would just they would be the, the ones praying, as Scotty was saying. Um, so... That aside, you you have some pretty decent superpowers because of what you can do. I've also received a screenshot from you at one point where you had completely wiped my run history, my, my park run history, all my volunteers, everything was zero. Um, you very nicely reinstated it afterwards. But, you know, you, you showed me what you were capable of and I'm just wondering, are you the only person with those kind of superpowers? And... Have you ever used them for evil? Oh, for evil, no. For the, the odd bit of hijinks every now and again. I didn't actually delete all your results, Mal. It was just the front. I just um, edited edited the page so it looked like your results were deleted. I wouldn't actually delete anyone's results. It was like a Photoshop thing, was it? Yeah, if you like, yeah. Okay. That, that's what you're going to tell people. Yeah. So <laughs> Just so you don't get in trouble. So well, lots of lots of people around the world have access to all the results. So the operational teams in the major territories have access to those. But there's only me and Jake who have that deep access into the database where we can change things on mass really easily if we wanted to. I feel I should have a, a white cat on my on my lap here and be stroking it. I feel like a Bond villain. Well, let, let's let's. Paint you in a better light. Then, Andy. <laughs> um, so, I mean, Parkrun has grown. We've talked about it a lot on the podcast sure. over the years, and, and it's continuing to grow. Uh, how are you coping with more and more results coming in, more and more people registering? Like we had our six millionth last week. That's only going to get bigger and bigger. Are we, yeah. How are you coping with the growth? Is the system handling it? Are you having to continually update it? Yeah, we've got a continuing program of updating things that are getting closer and closer to what would be a breaking point. So all of our systems are now in the cloud. There's no sort of physical servers sat in a server room anywhere. We rent all our servers from Amazon through their AWS, Amazon Web Services platform. Um, and almost everything in the infrastructure is completely scalable. So, for example, it's we have a server that serves the, the front-end websites. Um, so if you go to your local Parkrun's website and look at the results, that's handled by a particular type of server. So during the week, there's a two of those serving all the traffic around the world, which is fairly light during the week. And then at the weekend, that scales up automatically. So at 11 o'clock an hour, Saturday morning, there's 15 to 20 of those servers running, doing exactly the same thing. So it handles the load better. And how are you coping with, as we bring on new countries, different languages that just look funny, um, they go different directions, the languages? You know, I'm talking specifically about Japan and, I guess, Russia in that regard. Are our systems able to cope with all that stuff? Yeah, sure. The, there are limitations. Part when, launching Parkland Japan was one of our, Jake and I's biggest technical challenges over the last year or so. Um, fortunately, part Japan, Japanese is left to right. We don't have any right to left 
countries in the parkrun world just yet. So if we launch in any of the Arabian countries where Arabic is right to left, that will be a fairly significant challenge. Um, one of the things that we, we're we working on at the moment is being able to have languages in multiple, sorry, websites in multiple languages. So for, for example, in Parkrun Canada, they have the official languages of um, French and English. And our aim is to hopefully sooner rather than later be able to switch between the two for um, those people who use um, French in Canada. And would that – so I, I don't spend a lot of time looking at the countries where I don't speak the language and things like that. So so forgive me for being naive about this, but at the moment, is there an option for somebody to view the Russian websites in English? Only using Google Translate. So if you visit partrun.ru and right-click on the background in and you're using Chrome browser, you can select an automatic translation to English, which I think how most people who visit other countries are navigating their way in the parkrun world. And is that on, um, is it, you know, for people, adventurers out there who want to travel to different countries and things like that, is that on the agenda at some point in the future for everyone to be able to view any of the websites in their home language? I mean, I guess there's so many languages in the world. Yeah, certainly the, the main content on the, the country pages that's fairly consistent over the countries we could do that for. And I think the aim will probably be to have every country, every event available in native languages, whatever they are, as well as English, which gives the automatic translations there the best chance. It's, it's, we're never going to get to the point where a, an event in South Africa has its course description in Polish, Russian and Japanese. There's just too much, we need too much resource to keep translating those into every language that we support. Well, you never say never. Ah. There might be some great app that comes along that auto-translates everything. You never know. Well, Google Translate does a really good job, actually. If you go to a, a Japanese course page or a Russian course page and ask the Google Translate to do its stuff, you will pretty certainly be able to find out where the start line is and how many laps it is and enough for a park runner to complete to find and complete the course. One of the new introductions was the event maps. Yeah. Got updated and I know you had a lot to do with it. Maybe you had everything to do with it. Yeah, that's my baby, yeah. Yeah, so I've got two questions for you. One, how did that come about? Because it was a long requested feature that people were after. And how do you view the feedback once you, or do you watch the feedback as it happens online when that stuff gets released? Yeah, absolutely. So how it came about, as, as everyone in the Parkrun world is aware, we reskinned the Parkrun website about six months ago, something like that, maybe a little bit less. And as we were working through that process, um, both in-house working through um, an agency in Australia who we're working with, it was clear that the two weakest parts of the website in terms of usability, especially with the new theme, were the map and the results pages. Um, I'm, I'm a bit of a map geek, and the, the fact that the map didn't, was so awful, really, sort of got under my skin. Um, and then, so one Friday night, I, I sort of set about tackling it and got a prototype working really, really quickly. Um, and then just got it to the point where it was ready for production. Um, 
And I think it's it certainly looks a lot better. It performs a lot better, and it's using much more modern technology. But you, you talk about the feedback. Yes, of course, we, we take all the feedback. We have a, a big group on our Slack, our in-house communication system, which is used by several hundred people, parkrun staff and ambassadors and partners. And we get a lot of feedback um, on the events. And ev- certainly everything is read. Everything is um, considered. And there are some improvements coming to the map in the next few weeks. What oh, Scott is probably wanting to ask what the improvements are, but I want to know what your favourite part about the map is, Ian. Oh, my favourite part? That's a really good question. I, I, I like the fact you can have um, junior events and 5K events on, on the same map and flick between them. But my favourite part is if you click, click on that compass rose and it shows you where you are and where your nearest events are. So the geolocation function. Ian, I'm a massive fan. That's just not company speak either. I think it's a a massive improvement over what we had, so well done. Another thing that I know is requested often is an update to the WebFMS system. Are we going to make that more mobile-friendly now that we're using the app? It's on our phone. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. It's it's on the radar. It's on the list of of things that we want to improve. WebFMS is showing its age in terms of its technology, but the bottom line is it does actually work. So we're we're looking at seeing if we can apply some minor improvements to make it more mobile friendly because it's it's actually an incredibly complicated piece of software that was written by um, by effectively one person several years ago. And re-implementing it from scratch will be a massive project that we don't have the appetite to do at the moment because WebFMS works. So if we can find some way to tweak it so it's better on mobile, I think that's the course we're going down at the moment. And so what are those improvements? What are those little tweaks that you're looking to do? If we can know, if it's not a secret. It's, it's not a secret at all. It's just something that we haven't looked at in, in great detail yet. It would be things like making the login box fit on a, a mobile screen. So the, the first, when you go onto WebFMS on a mobile device, the login box is bigger than the screen. So tweaks like that and shuffling some of the tables around so they fit better on a mobile device, we think we can do without too much um, investment in terms of time. Okay, Ian. I want to learn about Ian the park runner now. We've done we've done <laughs> the nerdy stuff. I want to talk pure park run. Um, tell us your story. How did you get involved in park run that led to being Mister IT Guru? It's a, it's a really good question. I mean, I I I've never been a runner. I was the the guy at school who was picked last for the the sports teams. Um, and when we did we did cross country running when it was raining, did you, did you do that in Australia? Is that a thing? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So I was the one who walked around at the back, huffing and puffing, and I the only thing that school taught me about running was that I couldn't do it. Um, so when I was in my late thirties, a few years ago, I sort of looked in the mirror one day and decided that I needed to lose some pounds or some kilograms. Um, so I dieted as as people do, and it just wasn't going very well. Um, so a friend challenged me to the Couch to 5K program. Um, so that's a, a nine-week program from uh, from walking at first through to walk running with the aim of a, after nine weeks of running for 30 continuous minutes. 
so my friend and I entered a, a race in at the end of those nine weeks and it was really, really hilly and it was really, really hot and I didn't finish. I, I, I completed the 5K, didn't run it all. I was really annoyed with myself. So I went home um, before doing anything silly like showering. I found looked for the next 5K race that I could enter and I found Pontefract Park Run, which is only five or six miles away from home and as a, a Yorkshireman with short arms and deep pockets the price was my favorite price anything that's free is good um so i entered that went along ran every step and felt fantastic and then i sort of got the age-old story of getting more and more involved starting to volunteer joined the core team became the event director of pontefract park run and then uh being the running geek that i'd become i started helping out um, park run HQ in the UK with various things and editing the newsletter. And then uh, I was offered a, a job eventually um, activating events in the UK at first, which I did for uh, about a year before moving on to the technical side. Now, obviously, I'm, I'm keen to hear about the adventurous side. You, you've way over the 300 plus park runs and about a third of those are at different events. Um, you've got a high tourist quotient. So Ian, that, that spans across four different countries. Do you have any highlights? Oh, do I have any highlights? I don't like singling events out because all park runs are great, but yeah, you, you said into four countries. Do it anyway. Um, do it anyway. Do it anyway. Okay. You, you're a bad interest. You're, <laughs> you're that little devil sat on my left shoulder. Well, it doesn't mean that the other ones are any lesser. It just means that these ones stick out in your memory. That's all. Yeah. So you, you talk about the, the four countries. So visiting um, Milano Park Run in Italy. Where I went, my wife and I went for a trip last year, year before, a couple of years ago. Um, and that was, that was really nice. It was a really down-to-earth, friendly park run in a city that I, I already loved. So that, that was memorable. Um, and I suppose visiting North Beach Park Run, the largest park run in the world in South Africa this year, would be a, amongst the highlights. That was um, a great experience. So what, what motivates you each week, Ian? Do you like getting back to your home, which is Pontif Pontifract? Is that it? Pontifract, yeah. Or do you like adventuring, trying new events? I, I like both. It's okay to like both, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I, I love my friends at Pontefract and all the wonderful people I've I've met there. Pontefract isn't my nearest event anymore. There's two two events that have started quite significantly closer to my house than Pontefract. It still feels like home. It's where I started. It's where I first ran 5K. It's where I first park ran. It's it was an event that I was event director of for for a couple of years. Uh, so it feels like home. But I really love getting around and seeing new places. I've always loved traveling, and even if traveling is only 10 miles down the road to see a new park run, it's still traveling in my mind. Now, this brings me to the next question. Are you a fan of the – well, I won't ask if you're a fan of the running challenges, but are they – are you chasing any challenges down in particular at the moment? Are you an alphabeteer or do you, you know, look for Wilson Index stuff? Oh, I keep an eye on all that stuff. It's 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 good nerdy stats, isn't it? Uh, running challenges is a, is a great – 
um, extension. Uh, I, I love all the stats. I'm not chasing anything particular at the moment. I'm keeping an eye on the alphabet. I'm, I'm, I think I'm at 21 letters, something like that. So the J and the Q and the Z, are, they need doing at some point. And that, the, the E really needs doing, just haven't been over to the, the nearest ones over in the northwest. So it's a, probably an hour and a half drive. Just haven't quite got there. Um, I'm not chasing anything at the moment. I'm just enjoying my bike running. I think I'm going to give you a free hit here, Ian. Any oh. plans to um, – well, the running challenges, you said we're a fan. We're a fan here. Um, any chan- any plans to implement that officially into the Parkrun database records or should we just leave it as an unofficial thing? I think it works well as it is. I, I like the fact that they are free to do anything that we wouldn't consider a priority. So implementing that would never get to the top of our list. But the fact that the the guys that have invented that and coded that and maintained that are doing things to that add to the tourist part of the community is a good thing. I don't see us changing that. So you talk about being uh, a stats geek. What what are your favourite things that you look at every week? So obviously, Parkrun has a lot of numbers coming in after the events every week. What is the first thing that you check um, after the results are all in? I tend to get fairly obsessive about exactly that, making sure all the results are all in. So um, it's usually Tuesday before all the results are in from all around the world. Um, There's particular challenges, some events. So we have um, some of the events on the custodial estate in the UK have difficulties with internet access. And then some of the events in South Africa, um, there simply isn't internet access near to the event. So it has to wait till whoever's got the equipment or the files goes to work on the Monday or Tuesday to upload the results. So keeping an eye on making sure all those are in is, is the thing I look at most. But then I, I like to look for interesting interesting milestones coming up we're coming up to half a millionth volunteer uh, we're coming up to a four millionth runner i.e someone who's actually taken play, taken part in an event so and we're coming up to 2000 events that looking out for milestones like that keeps me interested in the in the stats 2000 events as in to explain to me 2000 events as in no this, this we've had more instances than that Surely. Yeah, no. 2,000 locations, so. Ah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Maths is not my strong point. You might no, have picked it, that up over time. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> I think a bit of baby brain kicked in there, Mel. Apologies, Ian. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fine. Events is one of those words that's used in multiple contexts in various places and confuses us all, all the time. I'm going to let Mel yeah. off for that one. Thank you. I appreciate your generosity. I was actually, before um, you, you mentioned that, well, I was going to ask, is there a record for, um, or do you know what the record is for how fast all the results have come in of a weekend or of a week? I guess it's one of those sliding scales that's probably moved with the growth of events over time. But how, how fast have we had all the results in at any given point? It's not something we monitor, but the quickest would be sometime in the late 2000s when there was only one or two events, wouldn't it? And then it's always going to drift out. There's always going to be events with difficulties. Like I say, it's usually Tuesday before all the results that need to come in are in. And that's okay. This is all done by volunteers. 
Hey Ian, I've wanted you on the podcast for a number of years now. I remember catching up to you at the first UK conference I went to and I think we had a chat about making this a reality. It's happened. Thank you. I know that we've got listeners who are going, why didn't you ask him that? Why didn't you ask him this? But you've answered all Mel and I's questions. So thanks very much for coming on the podcast. Maybe it's just an opportunity to come back for a second visit one time. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, Scotty. I mean, I'll... um I'll certainly read any questions that come in and maybe we can have a revisit one day. G'day Parkrun Adventures, it's uh, the G-Train here from Kakara Parkrun today. Um, we've got a special event here today with uh, one of the volunteer clubs, oh sorry, one of the running clubs taking over all the volunteer spots here at uh, Kakara. And I'm here with Emma now and uh, I'm just going to find out what brought her along today. Uh, yeah, good morning. So I'm actually here with part of the Achilles team um, of celebrating Amanda's 25th volunteer stint. Um, so I've been one of the guides for the Achilles for probably just the last few months. Uh, they actually did a bit of a session at Gardner's Creek a couple of months ago and taught a few of us how to guide and I thought it was a great opportunity to do some other volunteer work and um, help some people that, you know, it's, I guess really good to see some, you know, visually impaired people getting out there and running and help support that. Well, that's fantastic, Emma. And uh, so you said you did this at Gardner's Creek, and is that your home park run? It is, yeah. So, no, that's been my home park run pretty much since they started back in Jan 2018. Oh, lovely. And uh, it's just down the road from Karkarook. Do you get out to any other park runs as well? Um, I do occasionally. I, I guess I'm a little bit restricted because I've got kids' sport and things like that. So I do certainly, I guess, school holidays and things like that get out. So um, did Yu Yangs the other week and um, have yeah done a few others, gels and toured around Victoria a little bit when I came on school holidays and getting out and about with the family. That's fantastic. And what's your volunteer role today? Uh, I'm actually one of the marshals. So I'm here um, following people through, making sure that they um, know which way to go and also how to get to the finish line, probably more importantly at the end of it. Awesome. Have you done any guiding yourself yet? I have actually. I've done a bit of gardening. Uh, sorry, guiding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did a little bit of that at Gardener's Creek. Um, I'm probably one of the bit of a plotter, so I help out with some of the walkers that come around. But yeah, fantastic experience to get out there and guide. Oh, great. And uh, if anybody else wants to get involved with the Achilles, how can they do that? Um, so Achilles does have a Facebook page. They can certainly reach out to the team through there. Um, Amanda Kwong is the leader of the group. So yeah, certainly reach out to the Facebook group there. Awesome. Well, thanks very much for chatting with me today, and uh, we hope to see you again soon. Cheers. Thanks, G-Train. And um, I'm here now with two friends of mine, Adam and Steve, and they're both uh, volunteering today, so I'll just let them introduce themselves. Hi, how's it going? My name's Adam Coops. And what are you doing here today, Adam? I'm volunteering as a marshal. And uh, Steve? Uh, volunteering as well, just uh, helping out Adam. Uh Number one, to find the marshalling point, and number two, to uh, just to make sure that we're uh, facing in the right direction. <laughs> and sending people the right direction. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, uh, Adam, you, uh, you haven't been on this podcast before, but uh, hopefully you uh, might come back for an interview at some point, because um, you're one of the faster blind runners around. Um, oh. What uh, gets you into parkrun each week? It's just the, the, the beautiful, you know, family-orientated atmosphere. It's... You, know, you can go out and, and, and enjoy it, or push a PB, whatever you whatever you feel like on the day. I just yeah, I love the you know the, the entire concept of parkrun. And um, how many different guides have you had over the years? Oh, I can't count that high. I'm not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> I've had I've had a fair few, and, I, and I've taken guides to PBs, and guides have taken me to PBs as being vision impaired. 
Yeah, it's fantastic work. I know that I've uh, run in front of you a couple of times and helped uh, clear the path, but uh, after a while you're generally taking me over, so it's, um, uh, it's certainly not easy keeping up with you. <laughs> Um, and uh, you haven't run Karkarook yet, have you? Or you oh, have? I've run Karkarook twice, um, and, and both has been fantastic. Um, yeah, it's a, certainly a beautiful park. Yep, uh, I guess it makes it a bit easier that it's uh, not too windy and um, just a bit of a loop, a couple of loops around the lake. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's, uh, it's, it's sealed, it's yeah, nice, flat and fast. Yep. Yeah, it's nice. And um, when you're running, what do you focus on? Like, uh, how, do you, how do you experience the environment? Um, well, I, I, I'm more focusing on my breathing and, and, um, and my technique, I guess you say, and where, where my guide is as I'm vision impaired, where my guide is in, in relation to me, and, and also concentrating on their, their uh, you know, instructions as well to, so we don't die. Um, but, yeah, yeah I, and if, if they've got any breath other than that, yeah, they try and tell me about the park itself too. Fantastic. And, uh, Steve, you've done a bit of guiding as well, haven't you? I have, yes. Yep. Yeah, only Adam. Yep. Yep. And um, whereabouts have you done that? Uh, mainly at Gels Park, but we've we've done a, a few events. Yeah, we've done a, um, a lot of runs outside of Park Run, but Park Run's probably been the main area where I've guided at them. Mm-hmm. We're running a Run Melbourne tomorrow, twenty twenty one k's. Yep. Oh, so you're both yeah. doing that together? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Park Run's where I met Adam when I watched him fall off a bridge. <laughs> And didn't re- actually realise he was blind until I went to put my hand out to help him up, and I thought, "Shit, this guy can't see." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, park run, park run's probably the main area where I've got it, Adam. Yep. And it's a hard, hard five k's with Adam. Right. Yeah. Um, what do you have to concentrate on when you're guiding? Uh, everything. Yep. Everything. Other, uh, uh, not so much Adam. It's just the, the surrounds, I guess, because Adam knows what he's doing. It's just making sure that he's got a clear path to um, to get to where he's going. And that's bridges, Gels Park bridges and corners and you know, a lot of walkers around there as well. So it, it does become quite difficult, but uh, it's very enjoyable, yeah. very rewarding. Good. Um, and uh, yeah, how much... station up here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no one's on the other corner. Oh. You guys are being slack. <laughs> We're just getting abused by some of the uh, walkers here, but that's okay. Uh, it's, all, it's a very good family atmosphere yeah. down here at uh, Karkwalk, and there are a lot of locals come out here each week and have a good walk around the lake as part of the park run as well. It's uh, really nice to see. So they know where they're going. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. They just have to keep turning left and they'll be okay. Um, now, Steve, also, um, you've had uh, some health challenges of yourself over the last uh, year. Um, I have. And uh, would you like to talk about those a bit? I do. I, uh, Valentine's Day 2018 was a stroke and um, so the re- uh, getting over that and recovery is still in progress but um, if this is a Parkrun podcast Parkrun has been a very very um, as, as integral. A, a very integral part of my rehab in regards to when I couldn't run I was volunteering and when I could run I was with Parkrun so it's been it's been a a tough year and a half, but um, very, very, um, you say, very good to have someone like Park Run in, yeah, in your background. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's great. It's, it's fantastic that uh, you're making such a strong recovery, yeah. and uh, that you know we're still getting to see you out here at uh, events like this as well. And you know you're still giving back to the community too, which is uh, awesome to see. Um, so you're doing Run Melbourne tomorrow, uh, the 21K. That should be quite good. Um, what sort of crowds are they expecting there, do you know? Oh, I wouldn't have a clue. I'm guessing there's going to be quite a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but a big event like that can be quite challenging, can't it? For, yeah, for, oh, as definitely, a guy. yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. Especially when it comes to Adam. Yeah, especially if he's got me. We need a bulldozer as well. 
um, to keep not just us safe, but the other um, runners safe as well. Yep. Um, yeah, there's a fair few thousand that do it. The, the unknown as well, I think, with tomorrow is that we're not guiding at our normal pace. Mm. Um, I've had to run a lot slower than, than normal, so we're in a different group of runners. So I'm just hoping that it's, it does clear out a bit as the run goes on and we get some room to move. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Um, and uh, Adam, you did the New York Marathon uh, a couple of years ago now, I think it was, wasn't it? With yeah. Steve as well. You were there too. I, I didn't I run with Adam, but we oh, were okay. in the same same run. Yeah, yeah. I, ran, I right. ran with Timbo. And yeah. excuse um, me, I'm just going to clap the, the tail walker through. We clock off. Yeah, sorry, the New York Marathon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I did that with um, Tim Emony and um, Nigel Hill. Um, one of my two faster guides mm-hmm. and uh, it was uh, the run is absolutely epic the, from the start to the finish over a million spectators the whole way sometimes that loud that I can't even hear my guide which is standing right beside me they physically have to push me around the corner wow yeah so I can imagine that would have been quite a challenge and uh, probably a bit disorientating at times yeah absolutely it was uh, informational overload it's, it's loud it's, yeah, it's sometimes just too much um, but yeah, fantastic that uh, you know we can all get out and participate and do these things. Um, so look, thanks for having a chat this morning, guys, and uh, hopefully we'll see you again in Park Run soon. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Jared. Okay, so I've managed to uh, catch up with the three tail walkers today, and the uh, the special thing about this lot is that one of them's actually got a tail. So I'll uh, I'll get two of them to introduce themselves. So first off, on my left we have Amir, and beside you is Sally. Sally, and on my right is Robin. Robin. So, um, guys, what's brought you out here this morning? Amir? So, we are doing a tail walk for a park run, and I'm enjoying it so far. What do you find uh, enjoyable about park run? Um, the sense of belonging and community, and having a family to come and say hello every week. So, that's, that's my passion at the moment. That's great. And what about you, Robin? Yeah, so uh, we're part of um, Achilles Melbourne. Um, uh, my partner's actually president of that club. And, uh, yeah, we came out here today to celebrate her uh, 25th volunteer role by bringing, down, <laughs> by bringing down a lot of the Achilles athletes to uh, fill the volunteer spot. So it's been a great morning. Yeah. That's great. And um, it's fantastic that uh, you can get out and do tail walking on such a gorgeous day that we've got. Um, Even though there's a bit of traffic beside us with the uh, bypass, but uh, lots of birds out and about here, which uh, you might have heard just before. Some of them are a bit noisy. (laughs) But uh, the weather's turned out to be gorgeous, hasn't it? Yes, the weather is so beautiful after long rain last night. So this morning has been really beautiful and... It's, uh, it's great to be out with Killies and partnering with Park Run, which is, you know, always a pleasure to do lots of running and walking, so. Um, and uh, we should have mentioned before, I guess most people probably would have picked up, but uh, as we said, the ta- third tail walker has a tail, and that's yeah. Sally. Yeah. And what can you tell me about Sally? Uh, she's a guide dog, so she's been with me for over a year now, and... Usually, she, uh, I, uh, the, the thing is people shouldn't mention her name or completely ignoring her when she's in the harness. So that's why we, you know, every day learn about her. But she can be funny as well or jumping around as well when she's off the harness. So, yeah. Okay, then. Oh, well, it's, uh, it's amazing to see 
guide dogs in action. They certainly... Um, uh, she's guiding uh, me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so often people might see uh, Achilles runners at events and they'll have a guide running with them connected uh, by a piece of string. Yeah. But uh, that's not happening here at the moment. Uh, uh, Amir's guide dog is dragging him around the course and... Yeah. Uh, having a very enjoyable time by the looks of it. You just yeah. need to get her uh, barcode for dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I hope HQ's listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> There's a suggestion for you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll, uh, we'll keep walking along and uh, enjoying this gorgeous morning. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks. George. Okay, and I'm now here having a quick chat with Amanda, who was on the uh, podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, a lot of people out here today for your 25th volunteering stint, Amanda. Oh, uh, yeah, I feel really lucky and very loved at the moment. Um, all of my crew from Achilles have come and helped volunteer at Karkarook, um, fulfilling most of the volunteer roles out here, so it's our way of giving back and saying thanks to Parkrun. That's awesome. And this is your home Parkrun as well, I believe? This is my home Parkrun. Yeah. How long have you been Parkrunning here? Um, oh, probably about three years. Yep. Yep. And um, But I, I'm a Canberra original, so uh, ah. yeah. <laughs> so it's a bit warmer for you here then? Uh, a bit warmer, yes. Although, uh, when we were at, uh, I ran into you a couple of months ago at um, Gardner's Creek, your uh, hands were shivering at the end, so much so that you uh, couldn't register your barcode. Yes, this is true, yes. I was out guiding as well, so, um, and you can't quite put your hands in your pocket when you're guiding, so um, they, they sort of were a little bit impaired at the end, but that's okay. Yeah, but it was uh, one of those days where um, it's a bit hard to get started, but uh, by the end of it, you feel great because you've been out and done it in Absolutely. those hard conditions. Absolutely, yep, yep. 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 Okay, then we'll um, had a good chat with a couple of other uh, Achilles members earlier this morning. So uh, we'll let you get off for a coffee and uh, hope to see you again soon. Thanks, Jared. Bye. The Victorian Mafia continues to take over. Thank you, G-Train, visiting Kakarook and talking to the crew from Achilles there. Mel. Scotty. Um, no launches. No launches. There are anniversaries, but we're not going to tell you about it. There's a couple of, cance- <laughs> There's a couple of cancellations, but um, we're not even going to tell you about them. Check the website for all that information. What you come here for is just the random nonsense that we continue on with at the end of our podcast. So, lead us off. I want to hear about your parkrun adventure. Well, all right. So, I, I had considerable guilt that I didn't get to parkrun. Actually, I was a bit... More than a bit sad that I missed it this week. I mean, I I was happy enough to do that. These are the things you do for family. But it still left a bit of a gaping hole in my weekend and forced me to try and reset my clock um, for the new week some other way. But what I decided to do, Scotty, is I know we've all heard a lot about the enigma that is Fluffy, the emu, allegedly coming out of Nambour Park Run. And I say allegedly because the rumour has it, it's all just a giant media hoax. A ploy by the event team at Nambour Park Run to get more adventurers to choose them. Really? So Fluffy's a plant? Well, not a plant, not, not even a thing. Fluffy doesn't exist, a.k.a. the fluff nest monster. <laughs> But Mel, I've seen I've, she's on the TV. Well, I've seen photos. Yes, but you've seen video footage of the moon landing too. I'm assuming doesn't necessarily mean it happened. Well, technological advances over the past fifty years 
I'll, I'll grant you that, that it can be a lot more realistic. But, um, okay. People can where do amazing with things with, with their computers, with Photoshop and all that sort of stuff. Well, like where I'm going with this is I decided to do some investigative journalism on behalf of the Parkrun Adventurers and to go – and sorely lacking, so it's good. So. <laughs> On this podcast, yes. Um, and, and I decided to go to the site where people claim to have seen said emu named Fluffy to see if I could track the beast down himself. And I went there today twice, Scotty. And I went there twice because the first time I didn't see anything. Okay. And I'm not saying I saw anything the second time, but I did record uh, some audio on the second visit. The The first visit this morning, I spent almost an hour walking around with Wes and Emmett looking for any trace and I found nothing. But then the what second- are you doing? You're calling out? Does it, does it respond to its name or- Well- <laughs> Emu mating sounds or something like that? What are you, what are you doing? Well, I wasn't doing emu mating sounds. Do you know what emu mating sounds sound like? I think that was it, yeah. The whistle. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure that's not what they sound like. Um, that is right. <laughs> well, maybe you should have come out, Scotty. Maybe you should have flown up to Queensland to, to see if you could find Fluffy. But as it was, uh, I decided to bring in the big guns. The person who uh, has allegedly captured footage of the mysterious Fluffy himself a few times, and that is the event director, Melissa Taylor from Nambot Parkrun, and she took me on a guided tour to find Fluffy, and this is what happened. I'm here at Parkland's Forest Reserve on the lookout for the Fluffness Monster. The Fluffness Monster. <laughs> yes, that's that's what I'm calling him because you know what? I, I allege that he doesn't really exist. I'm pretty sure all those photos we've been seeing on the Nambour Parkrun event page have been photoshopped. My photoshopping skills are out of control now. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was here a minute ago, so he must have followed the mountain bikers down to... Area. Okay, well, hopefully we can check him out. We're, we're on the move. We're walking into the Parkland Reserve. I was here this morning on a recce looking for him and he was a no-show if he does indeed exist. <laughs> so here to settle it once and for all. We'll check back in shortly. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a sighting up on the rise. He's, he's walking parallel with us down the track. So I'm assuming that's a mountain, a mountain bike track that Fluffy has taken. And uh, he's, he has clocked us. He knows we're here. So we'll just see whether or not he's interested in um, coming to say hello. I've got to say I'm pretty damn excited. The Fluffness monster is real. Alrighty guys, full disclosure, turns out I got ridiculously excited when Fluffy was coming towards us and I didn't press the record button as I thought I had uh, for the interactions. He was, um, he was right here, I'm, I'm standing on the very spot where Fluffy was, I can 
uh, tell you that he does exist. He uh, came over to us and did did this weird kind of mating thing that emus do. I don't know. I'd never seen it before. He sort of, apart from circling around, he, he crouched down with the backward knees, um, almost like a sit on the ground, and then he started doing this funny twirly thing with his head where he'd pick up a leaf from either side and he'd chuck it over the other side and then he'd switch to the other side and all, all the while he was making this uh, uh, uh noise and that is that is a very accurate uh voice description of what he sounded like so um yes very exciting he after after he was uh doing his courtship with melissa he came over and approached myself and Emmett uh had a little look at what was in the pouch and um had a couple of goes at my ears apparently he's fond of ears and gave me a little peck I can report that the um the beak the inside of a an emu's beak is quite flat so it didn't hurt too much I don't think he was too serious otherwise he might have kept hold of said ears and pulled rather than just having a little nip um and there are, there, I've got evidence, I, I did get selfies while that was happening, although they're a little bit blurry, but you can see the open beaks. We might share that on the, um, on the socials a little bit later. But that's pretty much it for a wrap. Um, Fluffy is real, people. I've seen him in the feathers. The fluff nest monster exists. If you want to uh, get out and see him, I highly recommend you come and visit Nambour Park Run. Um, Park Run Day, you know, you get a park run in at the same time. What what more can you want from an adventure? And uh, if you're very lucky, he doesn't show up every week. He makes his own times. He uh, pops in and out and doesn't necessarily stick around for the whole event. But, you know... When he wants to, he comes and visits and then he pops back off into the bushland when he's tired of having company. So, makes his own rules, which is the way it should be with all wildlife, I guess. And, um, yeah, very, very excited to have met him myself and uh, hope you guys can all visit and meet him sometime yourselves in the future. See ya! So, there you have it, Scotty. Fluffy fact or fiction, the mystery has been solved once and for all. And you can thank this podcast for uncovering the truth. And I've got an apology. I called Fluffy a she, but he is in fact a he. He is in fact a he. <laughs> and how do we know this? Um, well, I I can't substantiate the claims because I, I have not witnessed his hehood himself, um, but apparently other park runners have. So okay, um, experts experts in emu anatomy or bio, what I don't presumably know, look. Experts. I wasn't going to ask. Yep. I wasn't going to do a deep dive into that. So <laughs> I'm going to take their word for this one. Yep. It's just Fluffy's not a very masculine name. Well, I'm pretty sure Fluffy and his brother Miffy, I think they were um they were named before gender had been um ascertained. Assigned. Okay. There's a lot of gender neutral names these days. Why can't Fluffy be a girl, a boy's name? I'll take Fluffy over Miffy. Yeah. If I'm a bloke, if I'm he, an emu bloke. He was very fluffy. I can I can confirm that. And uh, we will share a picture as well on on the socials. Um, now that the competition is over, I will share 
share a picture of the uh, interaction that I had with Fluffy today. Good. I, um, speaking of sharing pictures on socials, it was great to see our Christmas singlets in full bloom, in full glory. In the wild, the, um, in Europe. Yes. In the European summer. And see, you know what? This is what I love is the fact that in Australia, the Christmas singlets were worn at Christmas time because it's summer and they've worn their Christmas singlets at Christmas in July in the UK and it's summer. It's just perfect. It is. It is. So we're talking about our spiritual brothers and sisters with me now who had their first powwow, but a very successful weekend at uh, Disley Park Run. Tune into their podcast this week. I'm sure you'll hear a little bit about it. But it was great to see their singlets. Um, and I think, Mel, we should honour them and honour the singlets by donning them this week at Park Run. And we don't want to be alone. So if you were one of the very fortunate few to order it last year, we want to see it worn this week at Park Run Day. Everyone does Christmas in July. The Parkrun Adventurers are doing Christmas in August. And since it's winter, every, the crowd. everybody is uh, completely entitled to wear their uh, singlet over something long-sleeved and warm in Australia. Really? Yes. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm, mm. I'm giving my okay for that right now because that's okay. exactly what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's colder down here, but um, I'll be, I'll be, it'll be a gun show. It is. They're a bit white. At the moment, but uh, <laughs> if you go to, I'm not sure. Again, a free agent again this week. Not sure where I'm going to go. Ooh. I was going to return home for for a little bit of a PB assault at uh, Westerfolds. Not for me, for my fellow Westerfoldians. But um, mm. we've put that on hold. So I'm going to have one more week of adventuring before returning home. So nice. Okay. Well, I've got an adventure on the cards for this weekend as well. Um, everybody seems to be on the men, so providing they continue on the upward trajectory of wealth, uh, wealth in health, healthness. That's a word. Healthness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, the adventures will definitely be happening this week, and um, okay. I'm also like pretty, pretty happy that I'm going to fit back into my Parkrun Adventures Christmas singlet, Scotty, because there were a couple of months there where it just wasn't going to happen. Um, okay. But we're confident it's going to work this week because I've just said everyone wear it. Well. It's going to be awkward if you can't get in yours. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best. If I have to put it on a leg, I will wear it somehow, Scotty. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, so tag us on the socials, post a photo somewhere. Somewhere. Insta, Twitter, Line. Do you use Line, Mel? What is Line, Scotty? Well, it's all the rage in Japan. Oh, okay. Get on it. Yeah. Hmm. I'll, I'll take your word for that. Yep. And we'll, we'll run a poll uh, this week on Facebook as well. Oh, look. It is definitely time to start getting excited for this coming year. Uh, it, it will be different again, won't it, Scotty? It'll be limited edition. Yep. 2019 edition only. Um, it will, so, yeah, different than last year, different than whatever happens next year. So, uh, and we will have the uh, ordering open earlier and for a little bit longer yes. this year to give people an opportunity. We want to hear if you missed out last year um, and whether or not you're planning on getting one this year as well. Help us fund the future of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. From all the profits that we made from last year's run, we've continued to provide 
this award-winning podcast for another year. <laughs> for free, effectively, <laughs> if you want to talk about it being from the profits. Um, yeah. I think that's a wrap, Mel. Thanks for sharing another episode with me. Some people said you came back too early. I'm, I'm saying no. I'm saying it's great <laughs> people you told, told you I came back too early. What Was I unripe? No, not at all. Not at all. Okay. Um, I just, it's the streets talking, and um, <laughs> I just want to quieten the streets down. <laughs> it's great to have you back. Can't wait to hear where you get off or where you get up to, where you go. <laughs> What's the saying? <laughs> One of those. Maybe maybe I do need to have a break. Maybe I came back to it. <laughs> Since last week. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a cold shower. I need to cool down after this hot episode. So uh, thanks again. Speak to you next week. See ya. Bye.